Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I am joined by my dear friend, Ashley Carroll. She is a bio mom, a foster mom, and most recently, the author of an amazing children's book about foster care, which we're going to hear all about. So thanks for being on the show, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So give everyone just a little bit of your background. What is your family like? How did you get started fostering? Yeah. So my background is I'm a mom. <laughs> solid. Um, we have <laughs> solid. We're done. That's <laughs> it. Um, we have two bio kids. Our oldest is about to turn eight and our younger one has just turned five. And my mom and my aunt were CASA volunteers um, when I was younger. So that was modeled for me. And I just had an interest in it. I think probably around high school, college age. And so after I got married, I started volunteering as a CASA. And that kind of just changed my whole perspective. I feel like just knowing the ins and outs of the foster care world and the system and the department and just how it's all intertwined and what goes on and really just the need for foster families. And I think that's where God initially planted a seed in my heart for um, vulnerable children and families. And um, I just love how he's weaved that through my life um, in a way that I was not aware of that's brought me here today, which is bio mom and foster mom. And um, we just sent our fifth kiddo back to reunify successfully with his mother. So we're very excited for him. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So just out of curiosity, can you tell us what is a CASA? Because I think some people don't know what that term means or they hear it and they think they know what it means, but if you could just explain it a little bit more, that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Austin, Texas, and um, here uh, ACASA is a court-appointed special advocate. Um, there's also another part to that that's um, what we consider a gall or a guardian ad litem. And the difference is just um, one is volunteer and one is paid. So in different, and I hope I get this right, <laughs> but in different counties that don't have a CASA program, they have guardian ad litems that are appointed for each kiddo. We're blessed here in Travis County to have an amazing CASA program. And so we actually are able to appoint a CASA worker to every kiddo that comes in the system, Mm -hmm. which is so rare. We've worked probably the last five years to raise funds, grow up volunteers and supervisors and really get that goal met because we really wanted to be able to advocate for kids well. That's so beautiful. I love the mission of that, that every kid in care should have a special advocate, like an advocate just for them. I didn't even really explain what ACASA is. ACASA is a court-appointed special advocate. So they they advocate for the child um, Mm -hmm. on behalf of the child in court. So they attend court. In Texas, the children typically don't attend court. I don't know if it's, again, this is, there's so much gray in foster care. So yep. much gray, but I know in, in our County kids, kids typically only come if they have something that they want to talk to the judge about directly. Um, and for us, we, we foster small kiddos 
who don't have a lot of words yet. So we really rely on their CASA to really advocate for them. Um, and we actually come alongside the CASA and the child's attorney and try to help advocate, advocate whatever's best for the kiddo. Mm, that's amazing. Is there typically a, an agreement like between the CASA and a foster family or does that kind of take some finagling sometimes? I'm curious how that works. Yeah, so I feel like not everybody always advocates for the same things, mm -hmm. um, which is true of the entire foster care system. There are a lot of players. And so different attorneys have different opinions and see the information differently. The nice thing about being the foster parent is I'm the most connected to the child. Mm -hmm. So in the case of having a CASA, I feel like we've always worked pretty well together. And I start that off by trying to be over communicate with them, you know, just give them any updates on medical stuff or therapies or anything like that. I try to keep an open dialogue just to kind of create that relationship and for them to actually know what's happening with the child. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So from that CASA experience, you were like, okay, let's be a foster family. How did you and your husband, you know, kind of talk about that at first and how did you guys get started with the ministry of foster care? So in, um, just true foster care fashion. I feel like we were just living our life and God was like, okay, I would like you to now be a foster mother. And of course I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you correctly. Um, could you repeat that? <laughs> and then he repeated it a few times and then he used other people to repeat it to me a few times. And then I finally was listening and I prayed really hard for my husband and his heart because at the time we had just started a business. And so I didn't think it was amazing timing, but God knew it was divine and I trusted that. And so he prepared Parker's heart and he prepared my heart and our kids' hearts. And um, we, I was able to talk to my husband about it and he was on board with lots of questions and, you know, in true mom fashion too. I feel like I did all the research early on because I wanted to have all the answers. But the funny thing is in foster care, you never have all the answers. <laughs> exactly. A twist so of that's irony. a lie. <laughs> yes, that's a lie you should not tell yourself. But uh, yeah, we just were really prayerful about it. And then just honestly, we kept just taking the next right step. For us, mm -hmm. that was an informational meeting, talking with our boys the best we knew how, and then you know, just meeting other foster families and learning their experiences and moving forward. Wow. And I know you mentioned talking with your boys and I know that that those early conversations sounds like were what really kind of spurred you on to write this children's book about foster care. Do you want to explain just how how it went when you were trying to talk to the boys and explain? It's a very tricky thing to explain to kids the institution of foster care. I felt like I tried to use all my therapy words and I still came up like mega short when I was trying to explain <laughs> it to my elementary age kids. Yes. And I feel like that was, it wasn't a hurdle for us, but it was a, a definitely a concern we had. How, how would that affect our children? And did we have the bandwidth and the capacity to do this well? Um, at the time, our kids were three and five. So I had to really break it down for them. But um, again, just God's provision, you know, I had been a CASA advocate. And so I had already talked to them about that as I was doing it. And I, they knew that when I started that, I just let them know mommy's helping kids whose families can't keep them safe right now. Mm -hmm. And so they had that vocabulary, 
Um, my oldest one at least did, my younger one probably not quite yet, but he understood what that meant. And so it was such a beautiful transition to fostering because I just let him know, hey, those same kids that sometimes their parents can't keep them safe, sometimes they need a home to go to while their parents get better. So, you know, we're going to pray to Jesus and invite these, you know, kids into our home and love them while while they're here um, for however long that is. And I think for them, the hard thing was the concrete stuff. So like not knowing how long they were going to be there, if we were going to have a boy or a girl, if it was going to be a baby or a toddler, you know, it's like those just concrete questions that they had that I couldn't answer. But I think it was, it was such a good dialogue that I was like, wow, okay. They, they do really kind of get it. And again, just seeing God's heart and all that of like, you know, kids are so loving and they're so accepting and their initial reaction is to love. They just have sweet, pure hearts. And so I just, it, it reminded me so much of Jesus and just God's love for us too. So it is such a joy to see that. I would definitely absolutely say that my most joyful moments of foster care have been watching my big boys like love and accept with open arms and completely, even when we're all tired of foster care stuff, be like, yep, let's do it again. Like it just, without even a second thought, you're right. Their hearts are just so ready for loving the kids that need it. Yeah. It, they, they are. And it's amazing. And it just, it makes me think, gosh, that was so silly to worry about. Like they're so much more compassionate and loving and, and understanding and mature in that. Um, now that we've, you know, been fostering for a few years. So I'm like, what a gift that I couldn't give them that God was able to give them, you know, through being the hands and feet of Jesus. So. Yeah. And it is a gift. I love that. Like exact description of it because it truly is a gift. I think, you know, we always tend to worry about what's it going to be like for them and that's normal. And I completely validate it. And I experienced it also, but just in our experience has been a gift and I'm happy to hear from your experience. It has been as well. So now every child that you have fostered has reunified. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So they've then five times had to see that. And as they get older, you know, how has that changed for them as they've kind of gone to more, okay, so this is what happens, but we still don't know. It's like a lot existing in the gray area. How are they dealing with that these days? I think in the beginning, I don't know if they were unaware or maybe just not as bothered, or I'm not sure, maybe they just weren't mature enough yet in their age to truly understand. Mm -hmm. But um, our last little guy was with us for eight months which was half of his life. So him leaving definitely impacted our family in a whole different way than some of the other kids. The only other one that was hard, but then amazing was our first placement was actually a brother, sister who's who I talk about in the book. And um, their mom has just been so kind and loving to us to allow us to stay in their lives. And so that's been really cool for our boys to know that they're foster brothers that they have a foster brother and three foster sisters because Mm -hmm. they also had two other siblings in care and that's for forever so I Mm -hmm. think that was huge for them just to understand like okay so because we did we're like sometimes you're gonna see we're gonna see them again and sometimes we're not and that's up to their family Mm -hmm. because we don't say this to them but you know ultimately this is a hard part of their life and if Mm -hmm. they want to move on from it I have to respect that you know so it's kind of hard but um at the same time, it, it, you know, it grows your heart and it grows your compassion and understanding for relationships. 
And so I think it's been beneficial for our boys, but I think this last one was probably the hardest on them because they they've definitely asked when we're going to see them again. And um, at this point, I don't know. So that's kind of hard. Yeah. It is encouraging that you've had the experience of a bio mom who like wants to stay connected to you. And, you know, I mean, that is, I think it's such a gift to everyone involved that we can just all be on the same team and be, you know, know that we all have these kids best interest at heart. Like that is such a beautiful thing. But like you said, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't not because there's ill will, but just because this is a hard part of their life and they might just be ready to be done with it. And that's totally, like you said, their prerogative and their right to do that. And we respect that. So how, as a family, have you guys been dealing with this? I mean, is it hard for you to watch your boys now as they become more aware and more kind of, I mean, feeling the feels of, of these goodbyes? How is that for you? Definitely hard. Um, I feel like I definitely, with our last case, it was, we knew he should be going back to mom, but unfortunately, like I said, there's a lot of players and not everybody has the same ideas. So we were on team mom. And so we talked to them early about, you know, his mom has been working really hard and she really misses them. And it's hard for her to only get to see him two times a week, you know, and how would, how would that make you feel if we only saw you two times a week? Like you'd be really sad and he's not old enough to be sad yet, but it's still affecting him. And so we want him to be able to go back to his mom because she misses him and she wants to be in his life. And I think we just started having these conversations early in this case, honestly. And so I think it's maybe prepared them a little better um, in the past. I mean, in, in every case is different. We all know that, you know, sometimes you get a 24 hour notice and you have no idea. Um, and sometimes you get, you know, what we got, which was like, we're having court, just kidding. In 30 days, we're having court, just kidding. Now we're doing this. Now we're doing yeah. that. <laughs> we'll be there tomorrow. So, you know, you, you have to kind of go with the flow for sure. But I think we we're, were just really prayer dependent during mm-hmm. that time. And relied on our village to support us um, because it was a hard time for us. And we just tried to be there the best we could for the boys. But, you know, you know, our older one was like, well, I'm really kind of glad that I don't have to hear him cry anymore. <laughs> exactly. Kids are so like, they'll just tell you. I love that. And I told yeah. him, I'm like that. Thank you for being honest. Like mm-hmm. any feeling you have is valid. So yes. thank you for sharing that with us. You know, and from the rooftops, queen. <laughs> just trying to get him to understand, like, I'm not looking for an answer. Like, yeah. I want you to just tell me how you're feeling. And mm-hmm. so I think that has grown our relationship through this of, of like, whatever you feel is fine. And even me telling them some days, you know, mommy's having a really hard day today. You know, mm-hmm. I had some major hard days after he left and they were kind to me and loving. And I was honest about it. And I think there's not really a reason for us to have to shield that from them. Um, totally. So I think just, just really just the honesty part, being honest and, and having frequent conversations has been helpful for them and for us. Yeah, that's so good. I love so much that you're modeling that for them, just that every feeling is valid. It's all part of the experience, the things that we're like relieved about, the things that we're sad about, the things that we're mad about, whatever we're feeling. And right. I'm just lucky to have you. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com.
So tell us about this book that you wrote because I love it and I want everyone to know about it. Awesome. I love it too. <laughs> it's, should, called, it's amazing. <laughs> thank you. It's called We Are a Foster Family. And um, the subtitle is How Two Young Brothers Became Big Foster Brothers. And so this grew in my heart when we first started fostering. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but um, I was frustrated with the lack of resources for children. There's tons of resources for children in foster care. There's tons of resources for adults going to foster. And there is no resources for young children who are going to be a part of foster family. And to us, foster care is a family ministry. Mm -hmm. So it was important for us that the boys completely understood and had some grasp and, and some say in, in what we were doing, obviously age appropriate, but so I was frustrated at the time and just kind of shelved that and did the best I could, you know, makeshift as we go along, figure it out. And then last August, maybe our last July, I just felt like a stirring in my soul of, you know, something that I'm supposed to do. And I can, I was like, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm okay. I'll keep praying about it. <laughs> I'm like, what else do you want me to do? I'm a little busy right now, <laughs> but, um, in true God fashion, you know, he was like, well, okay, you can also do this. So get your mind right. <laughs> um, so, uh, he just placed it on my heart that, you know, in my struggle, I should create a resource for other people and, and just be that use our story. This book is literally the story of our first placement from when we first started talking about fostering all the way through when, um, they reunified. So I, for the longest time was like, well, how do I create a resource for, you know, bio kids and how do I make it make sense to them? And I had all these questions and God just provided a small little lamp each, you know, I took just the next right step. Like I said, mm -hmm. and, um, one night he was like, you should just tell it from writer's perspective, hmm. like just let him tell the story. And he loves to tell stories anyways. So that was not a stretch. That was on brand. <laughs> that was on brand completely. Um, and so from there, I just uh, wrote it out 1200 words later. I was like, well, that's not a children's book. So going to have to whittle that down. <laughs> and then I whittled it down basically. And then I just met with a bunch of foster moms that I know. And was, I, I said, here's some questions. Can you ask your kids and will you send me their answers? And so I asked uh, for, you know, kids that were already in their home. Some were adopted, some were bio um, that were all basically under age nine. Um, just some simple questions like what is foster care? What is a sibling group? What, you know, those kind of things. Because mixed into the book, I do add in just a few key terms. Mm. And I tried to pinpoint that vocabulary that those kids were using so that it was accurate to that age. And so, because I wanted to hear what other foster family kids, bio kids, adopted kids were saying and how, what words they were using to explain this and talk about this. So um, I did a lot of researching and gathering different data points to help me, but yeah, ultimately it just came out as the story of our first placement and just kind of how we, we walked our kids through it. And then um, just some of those key terms I sprinkled in just in hopes that really everyone can read this book. And that's kind of my heart behind it is, you know, my prayer is that it helps families think about fostering and just have awareness of what foster families do. And then also just for families that are questioning, you know, if this is for them 
and, and what that would look like and just giving them another resource to just really prey on that and make a good decision. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I love the book. It's amazing. And I do love that you sprinkled in the vocabulary too, because it, that's truly what makes it, I think, such a valuable resource. It's like, this is a story. It's a true story. This is what foster care, you know, our first placement looked like. Here's the words that we use to describe this process, because we really do from the get-go want to be giving our kids that language that is, you know, because they might not understand. It depends on what age they are, but they might not understand, you know, this is a a child that we're going to treat as our sibling. They're our actual sibling for as long as they're here with us. And we don't know how long that will be. They are your brother or sister. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, just clarifying for them and calling them, you know, just a part of the family and all those things. I love that you make that so clear. Um, What did the boys, what did your boys think when they saw the book? Oh my goodness. My um, older one was like, he just couldn't believe it. He was so <laughs> baffled that he was like, He's like that famous. it looks like him. Cause yeah. I gave, um, I had an amazing illustrator, Izzy, and um, I gave her pic- a ton of pictures. And I was like, here's pictures from our placement. Here's pictures from that time in our life. Like, here's what our boys looked like. You know, here's what our bonus kiddos looked like. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of took it from there and they, they both were stunned. The other, my other favorite thing is when I gave the book to our bonus kids, mom, um, and she, she got to see their little animated faces. And she was like, these look just like them. And I was like, I know girl, they do. (laughs) It's crazy. She did such a good job. Oh, that is beautiful. I love that so much. And the the other fun part of this book truly was talking with her because I started there. I said, Mm -hmm. I feel the need to tell the story as a resource for families getting into foster care. You know, are you okay with that? Because it's our story together. And so I didn't want her to feel like I was just putting this out there without her permission. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like, absolutely. I would love for you to do that. Like, I think it would be such a great resource for people. And then towards the end, we were trying to figure out stuff for the back of the book. And, um, I, this is like one of my favorite pictures. This was in our house when they were, um, with us. And so I, I texted to the mom and I was like, do you mind if I put this actual picture on the book? And she was like, no, that's the perfect picture. I love that picture. And so so beautiful, just like her graciousness and all of this blows my mind. And like, it makes me teary because I just think like so much beauty from the ashes, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, I could have missed this. Mm. yeah and the fact that you're sharing it with everyone now is just like this story gets to be you know for everyone not just your family not just that shared you know created experience with her but just for everyone for everyone who's thinking about foster care for everyone who's entering foster care with questions about bio kids and how they're going to handle it and just Mm -hmm. and I actually told you before we started recording like I, I'm going to read this to my son who we adopted out of foster care to explain to him what foster care is because he doesn't know what foster care is. He was you know, born and he was in a foster home before he came to us. And then he came to us and he was six months old. He has no recollection. So to be Absolutely. able to give words to this is what it looks like. A family you know, starts to think about it, starts to pray about it, starts to take classes. And this is you know, what happens. I love it. I'm so excited. I, ho- I, hope, I hope people will pick this up, even if they're completely unaware of foster care. 
I mean, to me, it's just another way that we can teach our kids compassion and love and really just, you know, God's two commandments, you know, love God and love others. And I think Mm. that's just the sum of it, you know, is if we can do that well, then our world would be a little bit better. Yes. That's what we need. All, all of that. Yes. So can you tell us title of the book, where we can find it and where we can find you online because you are just an amazing resource. My book is called We Are a Foster Family um, by Ashley Carroll, and um, it is available on Amazon for pre-order, and it should be being published around October the 5th, so you can find it on Amazon. Um, You can find out more about me at ashleycarroll.com. My name is spelled a little different, so it's two E's, two R's, and two L's. That's what I tell everybody. So it's Ashley with two E's, Carol with two R's and two L's. But you can find me on Instagram where I hang out most of the time um, at Faith Family Foster. And that's just where we share our faith and our family and foster care journey. Love it so much. Thank you for being here. I also just want to keep talking to you because fun fact, I feel like we banter a little bit more than I banter with other people because we do know each other. But We met, how did we meet? Oh my goodness. I love it so much. So this is great. I was doing photography as my full-time job and I loved it. And I was actually somewhat successful at it. And um, Kathleen had an amazing group, Self-Care Bestie. And we were in a mastermind together that we both just hopped into by chance, LOL, not chance. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know, there's a bunch of people in the group and somehow we just connected and, and hit it off and created a friendship. And it's just been amazing to see God's hand in all of that, because I feel like we got into fostering at around the same time mm-hmm. and we've just been there for each other as far as what that looks like and going through that. And you've been there for me as an amazing therapist and just helping me understand my feelings and getting through things as well as a great friend. So I just, I, I love when God creates amazing things for us and we aren't even aware. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for all that sweetness, but literally you were one of the first people that I ever knew was a foster mom. Cause I, I think I started, I mentioned like, Oh, we're taking the classes and you're like, Oh, like we're going to be foster parents too. Or we are foster parents. Or you had just become foster parents. I was like, Oh my gosh, what? Like I was like in that stage where I was clinging on to like any bit of information or any person who could tell me more about it. And it was just so amazing that it was someone who lives many States away, but <laughs> li- literally I just feel like, yeah, we have so much in common. And even we got to meet in person a few months ago, which was so fun. Yes. That was super fun. So Kathleen actually came to Austin. <laughs> she was like, Hey, so I'm going to be in Austin. I was like, when and where I'll be there. No, I was like, I know this is weird. Is this weird? I don't know if it's weird, no. but I'd love to hang out in person. You're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> IRL girl. We're doing it. IRL. We totally brought our friendship IRL. It was so good. We did. Oh. And it was amazing. And we could have sat there and talked all night long. Just like every time we get on the phone or exactly or this podcast episode is never going to (laughs) end. I know it's like the 65 minute podcast. I know. Like, yeah, cool. Your episodes are usually short, but this one is long. (laughs) Oh, well, we could go all night, but thank you so much for just everything that you're doing for this community, um, for your heart, for Jesus and for foster kids and bio families and just foster moms. Like so thankful for you. And everyone, please go get the book. We are a foster family. I'm telling you, my kids love it. I love it. And it's going to be such a good resource for my kids for years to come. So thank you. Thank you so much. 